We are shows what you know We'll always watch TV And if you think we can't We'll watch more and you'll see That's why the people of the web Believe in Jim from Las Vegas And Jacob from Sweden Extra, extra! Commander Waterford's baby is finally coming! Oh, hang on. Double extra! Commander Waterford's baby is not coming, and we never said it was! That's right, those are the twists and turns you may expect here at the Gilead Gazette. My name is Jacob Burrows. And my name is Jim Scampoli, and let me say that I am personally insulted that we thought that Commander Waterford's baby was going to be born, but it was just a false uh, false birth. Even though this is something that happens, I'm very mad about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we all are, and it <laughs> never happened because that would paint him in a bad light, and we are the Gilead Gazette, and he is our new Supreme Commander, as far as we can tell, although there are other commanders walking around, talking, smoking their cigars. Hey, we're going to give you the latest up-to-date information on The Handmaid's Tale Season 2, Episode 10, also a little bit of extra on Episode 9, because Jim valiantly covered that episode on his own, and I gotta say... Uh, you did a very good job of it because you brought up stuff that you were annoyed about and then you argued against yourself like you would say <laughs> something and then you were like, well, I guess this and that. So you basically did my job for me. I don't even know why I'm here, Jim. Well, yeah, that's. I did want to uh, ask you a few questions. We don't have to go beat by beat, obviously, on episode nine. But um, yeah, what were your thoughts on episode nine? Um, it was good to get the letters out. Uh, it was good. I mean, it was a good episode in general. I thought, but I totally see where you're coming from as far as sort of chain breaking the world is what you said. It's certainly like giving us information before where it felt like you were implying something different about the world uh, in, you know, the world of Gilead specifically, like things are just kind of fine in Canada. Everything's pretty chill. And meanwhile, uh, down here, we're doing this crazy bonkers shit, which, as you also argued against yourself, is something that happens uh, very much in present day. Not everyone can sit around with a podcast in the world. Uh, some yeah. places are, you know, they stone you for having podcasts, uh, which is something we're trying to get rid of. Um, so, so, so that's, you know, fair, but it makes everything in Gilead feel different. Agreed. Yeah, I guess that was the main thing. Well, plus, because... It was more presented, I feel, in season one that this was a worldwide epidemic. I mean, mm -hmm. given I, we only heard from Mexico, but I keep going back to that. And maybe that part of season one was a big mistake because that made it seem like this was this big thing where everyone's kind of geeking out because, you know, we're not having children. And it's not so much just the fact that things are like A-OK -okay in, in Canada, but it's also, I mean, we've been talking a lot about this econo-wives detail that we learned this year as well, which makes things just seem, I guess, not as what we, not what we thought, or at least what yeah. I thought from season one, the way things were uh, portrayed. Yeah, me too. Uh, I guess you could relate it to, uh, you know, changes in climate where we think like, oh, it's got to change a, a huge amount for... Uh, anything to really happen and what what they keep telling us is well you know if you change if you change the temperature by one degree or two degrees and we're all fucked uh i guess fertility didn't go down so to a children of men uh type level where only one baby in the world exists i i guess i mean they did give us some sort of number of like oh where where serena was shouting at the college that child mortality is up 50 percent or whatever and maybe still getting worse and it, i i guess what contributed to the collapse of the United States must have been that um, it was getting worse and worse and not getting any better. But then there's Canada. And I mean, I agree about Mexico. It's like, what are you doing down there if you need handmaids so bad? Uh, but I guess that's people just want an upper class that gets everything handed to them. Maybe. Yeah. And I guess I didn't I just didn't buy that. If everything is A-OK -okay in Canada like that, why would they even meet with um, the the commander? And I mean, I, get, I did argue it like we do that now. We meet with people that do terrible things, uh, yeah. that lead terrible countries. But it's still, it just didn't wash because 
you know, s similar with the letters, because we have all these they have all these refugees like it's we we've, mm -hmm. we saw it. We saw the way Moira uh, uh, came into Canada. We've seen Luke and Moira's life there and how there's this little America area. Um, it's a thing. I mean, it, again, I tied it back to like, I guess, how we named the handmaids in that previous episode. But I don't know. It just didn't it didn't feel as big uh, as the show acted like it was. Well, the the reason for them meeting, I could see because the the scary thing and, and what this show is about to a large extent is not just terrible things, but the normalization of terrible things where there's been a there's been a war in the United States and Canada seems kind of glad to have been left out of it. And it seems from the outside like things have settled down. Uh, yeah, they're 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 some sort of extremists. They took over. I mean. It's like we say about um, it, uh, civil wars anywhere in the world. Killing your own people, that's fine. We've been trying to kill you for years. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you start killing each other and then someone comes out on top, it's like our economy is still, you know, shit. I think everyone's is in this world. They Our, our economy in the real world is not great, globally speaking. So imagining the impact of the United States going into a huge war added with the fertility and everything. Like the normalization aspect for me, I just mean... What would happen is, oh, you know, people would be speaking out and saying, these people are horrible, we can't be doing dealings with them. And then the other side is, yeah, but we want peace, right? How are we going to ensure peace if we don't talk to these people? Because they might be crazy and might try to nuke us. I mean, presumably they might still have nukes. Uh, so maybe we should talk to them. So I, I, I think that makes sense to a degree. No, yeah, I agree with that. It's just... It didn't. It just doesn't quite wash with the whole show, in my opinion. Uh, at least for what we know, or the way Gilead was portrayed. Because I like one of the one of the most interesting things is seeing the flashbacks and how things slowly got to where they are. But now I I don't feel like that all works as far as the slow change. But then the you know globally not really a change i don't know i get it's i it's it's just my own reading and how i interpreted the world uh and now that they have to open it up things have to be a little different and just yeah. so far i mean it, it it's it's not I, I yeah i might have said like uh world breaking it's not really like that but it's just still uh like i have to second guess uh what i thought the show mm -hmm. was at least as far as the universe is concerned yeah yeah i, I think that makes a lot of sense i i can't uh fault you and i do feel the same uh definitely i i feel a lot of it could have been fixed in quotation marks by just showing something bad in canada because it's really like welcome to utopia <laughs> yeah but then again i do also get that we're supposed to be you know seeing it through serena's eyes or whatever and that's why we see couples kissing in the streets and it's like oh so different over here mm -hmm. uh if we showed i don't know uh whatever you would show to indicate that it wasn't great up there either maybe the streets are literally full of homeless people or like 90 percent homeless people or or something like that um to to definitely give the impression that something bad is happening here, but you know they're Canada. They're great. They they can even take care of the refugees. And, and one th one thing I do want to say, because um, I know it sounds like I'm being down on it. it. Again, it's still it's still a great show, and I still have to. I, I wanted to point this out either way, is that uh, there's a to th to throw some praise. I have to throw a lot of praise to these writers because when season one ended, and I found out that that was the book, it wasn't like. They took half of the book in that season one, then they have the rest of the book or they have the next book to base yeah. season two on. That always throws up a red flag like, oh, no, now they're going to be, you know, they're, they don't have a safety net anymore. Uh, and you start to worry that they're not going to be able to nail it. And I feel like going off their, going off on their own and expanding this world and making a season two, I feel like they've been killing it. And it's been such a, a great show to watch. And as the story unfolds, besides these nitpicks I've had just about, you know, learning about the universe. And maybe that's just been out of necessity because they want to grow this show and kind of expand more into it. I feel like there's there's heaps of praise for what they've done with the this season and keeping the show going. 
Yes, um, absolutely. Did you have any other like specific questions about Canada and the Canada episode? No, no. I mean, I, I kind of went over most of it. Like, I, I do think, um, if anything, I think it's a weird parallel to more how someone would react. Not now, but maybe in the time, maybe like in the early aughts and still to an extension now, depending on how you read uh, how some people react. But someone like in a burqa, for example, in public and maybe the way people would react to it. I'm not saying yeah. that it's deserving, but I'm just saying it seemed to be more in line with something like that the way uh, the way it was portrayed. When you were talking about Serena going to Canada and getting weird looks, uh, and you were say, and you started saying, "Oh, it's so, sort of akin to," and I thought you were going to say, "When you're an American now going to Canada, you're <laughs> going to get these strange looks to a degree." Uh, but yes, the burqa is more apt uh, because they, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Um, uh, well, not anymore. I mean, in this episode, I was like, "Oh, it's pretty rough to be Serena and get these fucking papers and." whatever where it's just pictures on him and if i weren't on the drag serena through the streets bandwagon uh by horse or car i mean i was believe me i was before as well but at this point it's like oh cool so we were just palling around for some episodes there that's never gonna happen again yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i'm um i don't i don't mean to be like a terrible thing happens in this episode and like, it just gave me the opportunity to be like, I told just so. Even though there hasn't been a vocal, like, because clearly, like, it's not like you were like, no, I'm with Serena now, where we had, like, a small, like, I guess two episodes maybe, or, like, an episode and a half of Serena kind of buddying up with June and maybe showing some more uh, sympathy and trying to gain more empathy from us, the audience. I mean, especially in Canada when we saw her you know, getting these uh, awful looks and maybe we're feeling a little bit for her and wanting her to make this choice to go with mm -hmm. the new American government. Ne I was never that. I was never that. And I'd like to say that I was right. And because I, I know some I know someone out there. I know I know a lot of you out there were rooting for this Serena to find her way. But no. Ah, I, I mean, and obviously she's even more hateable than before. Uh, as we get into this episode 10, but, ah, oh, Serena, you're the, you're the worst. You stink. I don't want any, I don't want any type of redemption for this character because he, no yeah. matter what it's, I'm not, I'm never rooting for this character. Yeah, for sure. And, um, this brings me to another character I wanted to talk about for a second. It's Nick. Oh, what yeah. is Nick doing? No, because, Nick hey, okay, the letters, yes, good job, Nick. You did one good thing ever. Um, but at this point, even in episode 9, before watching episode 10, I wrote down notes of, like, Nick, what the fuck are you doing? Because can you at least, like, look at your pretend wife? Yeah. You're supposed to be an eye. You're supposed to be a covert, undercover agent. You're constantly pulling June away to some tryst just, you know, behind a wall or whatever. Uh, and you think it's not nothing bad's going to happen. And for some reason, you're right, uh, because no, no one ever discovers you. Uh, I still don't buy it. Um, but, but he is so bad at just pretending just do a little little bit of something where june has even told you she's gonna cause so much trouble and he's like uh he's constantly acting like he's gonna throw up when he looks at her um and i mean she's not the best character in the world either but i'm like nick come on come on nick do do something better do something good nick and he did with the letters but then in this episode uh episode 10 i'm disappointed with him again well, the thing is, yeah, I don't know. I don't get why he doesn't know how to act around his child wife. Now, I know it's like a crazy situation that he has to have this child wife and it's, yeah, you know, uh, tough to deal with or whatever. But, yeah, the fact that he can't figure out how to manipulate a 15-year-old girl uh, and he's, he just constantly, consistently makes the wrong choices to make her more and more suspicious and give her more and more of a reason to you know, fuck everything up because, and like, uh, I love hate what the writers do with this character because not only her with Nick, they, like I was saying before, when they had that moment in the, uh, grocery store or their version of a grocery store, uh, where everyone had the, was telling each other names, she was there and it's yeah. always like, ugh, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm, <laughs> and like they, they keep putting her in this situation uh, maybe it's going to be a fake out. I doubt it, but she's always in a situation where, you know, she's going to eventually blow everything up somehow. 
Well, I mean, there's that. She ha- had the letters. She knows. She probably read the letters, and they got published in Canada and everything. Uh, and Natasha in the chat says he's very cold towards her, and it's not even her fault. Uh, yes, absolutely. What? Also, uh, regarding Serena, a lot of people are regretting having any sympathy for her. Good. We're all on the same page yeah, now. Yeah, good. Yeah, I told you. But, yeah, I mean, as far as Eden, because it's not even like... Like, I can understand him being cold to her as far as not wanting to, like, be romantic or whatever with her. But there's still things he could do uh, or yeah. at least he could say uh, to alleviate situations. I mean, I know maybe we'll just jump around. We're talking specifically, of course, about this scene after he sees her kissing the guard. And, I mean, yeah. they, they were already showing this guard uh, in the la- previous episode kind of having like an eye on her or something like there was sparks of flying. Um, and yeah. now they kind of two pick- of the worst character. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Serena's bad. Obviously, Nick, you're not doing too well, but these two characters are so clearly meant to be. It's like they felt, Oh, we're the worst. Both of us. Let's get together. Well, and I mean, I guess I, I do like that they framed it now where it's almost like she's doing it on purpose, clearly to get attention or get a reaction from him. Yeah. And even it's even that's not working. But like, I mean, maybe this would be the wrong thing, too. But all he would have to say is like, look, you're 15. Like, um, you know, we're going to get there. It's just right now I need to ease in this situation. But I don't know. Maybe then she'd be like, you're a gender traitor and just start yelling for the guards. <laughs> so maybe my choice, my choice of reaction here would be wrong, where you kind of play it up a little bit like you're upset. But then also you explain away your um uh, hesitation by just talking about the age, but again, maybe that's Gilead. That'd be that's crazy. That's crazy talk, Jim. In Gilead, it's like the most patriarchal uh, <laughs> and worst society ever, where he is the husband, and I, I guess that's kind of maybe part of the problem that he he thinks like, yeah, it's Gilead. Like I don't have to pay attention to my wife. She doesn't. She's not gonna. Even if she he doesn't actually believe in that whole thing, it's still like ingrained into society that she can't cause problems for me. No one's gonna believe my wife or whatever because I'm the guy. I do the things. I'm the man in the house. Uh, maybe that's part of the problem. But yeah, all he would have to do is say literally anything to her at any point yeah. because. He doesn't say anything ever, <laughs> and we get like 18 shots of her looking sad as he leaves in a hurry. Uh, even when she does something where, you know, you, you'd just as a person to another person, you'd be grateful or whatever, like, oh, I have all your things here for your trip. And he's like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> it's like he's really trying. It's like his secret mission is to make her uh, cause shit. That's that's the way he's acting. It really is, yeah. And, and she's just getting more and more, especially in this scene, she's getting more and more hysterical. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, it makes sense because now it's like, it, you know, if she is 15, you know, any any 15-year-old and never mind a 15-year-old girl, uh, you're, you got a lot of insecurities, a lot of di- new emotions coming up, and now you know, you're in this relationship, forced or otherwise, like she's she's bought into the uh, land of Gilead. So it's not a weird thing, but it's going to be a weird thing that someone doesn't desire love or want you around at all. Um, yeah. And she's just getting like really like she's really hysterical, <laughs> like sad, where even even being like he's being a good person because he doesn't want to take advantage of this 15 year old girl. But then he's being a terrible person because he doesn't even try to console her, whether it be for her own good uh, well-being or just his own as far as the damage that she can maybe cause that June, as you mentioned, already even told him about. Yes, Uh Exactly. And I mean, there's no divorce in Gilead. So like, hey, kid, this is the rest of your life. Enjoy. (laughs) Uh, And as you said, she's bought into it in a way, even though she's annoying, we can't really blame her. Even June has bought into Gilead at times just in order to not feel all the horrible feelings that goes along with being, uh, you know, persecuted and pushed down in such a way. So she has tried to make the best of the situation and nick is making the worst of it yeah Um, and i mean and it even all comes back to that line that june had uh in episode six oh you have to fuck someone you don't want to you poor thing and 
it, I mean, especially what we see in this episode, the ceremony, uh, the, the, or the last ceremony, and we see, I mean, Emily's ceremony, and then we see June's, it really is kind of like, come on, dude, you don't have to be like, you're, you're acting yeah. like you're living the worst life. And you're being sad, drinking your booze, when all you would have to do are a few things. You wouldn't even necessarily have to be, uh, you know, banging this young kid all the time, but do something. <laughs> like, come on, what are you doing? Yes, uh, and I mean, I'm I have more frustrations with Nick, but we'll leave that for a bit later. Yep. Natasha in the chat says that she's gonna take off with that kid Isaac, I bet, and. Uh, Envy in the chat says they'll probably die by the end of this season, both of which could be true. Yeah, or it'll be something where, like, um, uh, he'll find Eden sad, and then she'll, like, talk about Nick and how Nick treats her wrong, and then he'll be, like, a tough guy about it and try to confront him. Maybe he'll kill Nick. Who knows? Mm, yeah, but they've show, they've given us so many Chekhov's gun of Eden knowing, yes. like, everything that's going on. Very and true. she even picks up on... I mean, she she has appeared to be quite clueless with everything, you know, with just the way she is in general. But uh, she even at this point has picked up, of course, Nick loves the handmaid because he acts like it all the time. Yep. Uh, so that's why we're like, clearly everyone should have picked up on it. I guess the people in the house do know, so it's fine. But no one put together that he helped her escape because of... Hmm? Uh, why would you yeah let's send him off with her on a solo mission that'll end fine Ugh. i'm waterford i'm a fucking idiot well and i guess that's the one thing nick does try to do when she says that he's like oh, that's ridiculous that'd be suicide yeah. <laughs> but like he's like half ass even with his excuse there he's like because that's the only time he kind of perks up when she says you know you love that handmaid or you like her why do you like the handmaid and then he just kind of looks up from his drink and he's like, a handmaid? That's crazy. <laughs> that would be suicide. <laughs> Clearly, I would uh, not do that. <laughs> what sort of fool would do such a thing? Um, so, yes. And, I, I mean, she. I guess she picks up on this, uh, if we want to go through the steps of the episode, where uh, they're in the, as you said, supermarket, I guess, uh, without any labels, because, of course, you can't read. You're a woman. So, uh, and, well, let's... Uh, I mean, just real quick. I mean, if we're going to get into yeah. it, we might as well just talk about the the very first scene. Yeah, we do get a Emily in her ceremony, and um, it is it is interesting because it it's not that I forgot this happens, but since we since we're with June all the time and June's been pregnant, I mean, this was obviously a big part of season one, and it is something we as the audience know about the Handmaid's Tale, but it was a weird reminder, uh, and I mean, as we know why, uh, as we see the episode, but. Uh, you know, to get back into this, oh, yeah, this is the thing that happens in Gilead. And, you know, he's grunting and it's gross. And uh, her commander collapses afterwards. I don't know if he had a heart attack or whatever it was. And then she gets Emily is always a badass. Emily always does the, the best stuff. <laughs> yes. She gets to kick him and stomp on his dick. Uh, and then we kind of, yeah, we're back in the market and which i mean later they do say she's getting getting sent to a new posting soon is that because the commander i don't know died or is it just because she stomped on his dick a bunch and they saw the bruises yeah i assume it's even if he didn't die he's probably incapacitated for a little while uh so either way i oh and um i do like we do she gets that cool moment too even besides kicking his dick where it's like, go get help. And then it's like, no. I'm like, I'm not going to get help. <laughs> and she has that great like response of, oh, well, no, I got to lay on my back. Of course, we got to make sure uh, for the under his eye, the love of the God, let's have a baby. Yeah, exactly. Some good stomping going on. Yeah. So we're in the supermarket. And uh, what happens before? Well, June kind of notices that Emily's like in a hopeless place and but june where we last left her is she's gotten her slip like as this we know about this show it's always about getting these small glimmers of hope and june wants to try to get that back into emily like you'll be able to see your son again and it's like i'm not his mother anymore and she's kind of in that place like it, 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 who could blame her because she's just as much as june's been through the ringer i mean emily's been through and seen some fucking shit yeah yeah, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, also a great line for the rest of the episode, um, 
Which line? <laughs> what line did you just say that he said? Oh, I'm not her. I'm not his mother anymore. Yes. Um, because obviously that ties in with what happens later. Yes. But then she gets so mad, her forced or her her, her uh, false labor starts. Um, and she gets rushed home, and Serena is all smiles, and, oh, we made it, Offred. Yeah, that's <laughs> not my name, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Um, let's say a little prayer here. And then you get reminded, like, not to mention the ceremony, but this whole weird, weird process of, like, taking the wife, and then you both wear the white dress, and then you're going to lay down and breathe and have, like, you're going to have your own fucking false labor over here while she's having the false labor up here. Yeah, all the wives, yeah, they go in that room, and we saw glimpses of it in the first, excuse me, in the first season where they're all doing, the, like, a role play of the of the labor. Uh, I guess uh-huh. it's to tie into what's going on. And yet before this happens, it's when Eden notices the way Nick is holding Mm-hmm. Uh, June, as he's bringing her up to the house where she's uh, having contractions. Uh, but yeah, so we get, and then the commander is doing like such a cliche dude thing of like, let's all have cigars. We got the baby being born, like the classic 1950s waiting room where everyone was smoking cigars in the hospital, yep. <laughs> excited for the baby to come. Yeah, and we get to meet a commander who's introduced as, oh, he was recently promoted because <sighs> his wife got pregnant. Uh, just, you know, to put a knife in uh, Waterford's uh, side real quick, uh, because he needs to be really upset in this episode. And, uh, you know, that's another detail. We get these slivers of information, and, like, it feels like almost each one is, things aren't that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fine. And just I, don't... It's yeah. A, it's a question we have asked a few times. I think you even brought up, like, does it mean that all the commanders have to have handmaids? Is it, like... All, it just so happens that all the commander's wives are barren, I guess, or can't have children. Mm-hmm. Um, but and- as, sorry, as has also been mentioned, there's probably nothing wrong with these women. Yeah, there's pro- it's all the dudes. Yeah, it's all these dudes. <sighs> Although the the, I feel like the shooting was a weird, uh, at least, or maybe what they think on their end, because it, it when. Serena was shot. It looked like she was shot, like in the like pelvis area. So I don't know if if that was to lead the audience to believe that ties into with Serena's situation. I mean, we do know that it's probably the commander, uh, but I don't know if that was supposed to mean anything or not. Yes. Um, so you know, they're doing the cigars. We meet this character. We meet a, a character with gray hair who's kind of talking to Waterford. I cannot recall. But he is seems like a boss. He well, seems like he's in charge of everything. But it's and it's making it seem like he's gonna get June. Like that's kind of because he's like, oh, your hand. Mm-hmm. Like he's at, he's talking about June in a way that makes it seem like when this is all said and done, send her my way. Like she's gonna yeah. be my handmaid. And and I guess it does play into like we're seeing the the a few things that are jabbing at Waterford's ego in this scene with the other commanders between. You know, the new guy, no handmade for you then. And he's like, oh, no, not for me. You know, hey, cool for you guys. But then again, like, in, I, 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 I appreciate the information we're getting, but I'm also annoyed. It's like, well, that guy's still not a good guy. Like, am I supposed to think this guy's a good guy? Get the fuck out of oh. here. Fuck all these commanders. Uh, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, in the chat, Anvi says, I love the look of absolute disgust Nick was giving to the commanders when they were talking. Oh, yeah. And I personally will just say that's how Nick looks at everything. That's just how his face is. And it's only when he looks at June that it changes. <laughs> True. Well, but that's good. He should be looking at everything yeah. in disgust. Uh, but yeah, how has no one c- realized that Nick is a traitor? Because <laughs> he does that with everything, literally all. The- I guess maybe they just like the moody, broody look. Uh, could be that, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, my read from that little interaction was that 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 commander, or whether it be he outranks him or what have you, he was kind of being like, "Ooh, she's quite a looker too, huh? How is she?" And he's mm-hmm. getting ready to uh, receive her as the transfer once the baby's born. Yes. So then we get the the reveal of, hey, this ain't happening. This ain't happening right now. Uh, and we get a doctor in there, and he's like, oh, this baby's not coming anytime soon. And, of course, we cannot uh, induce yet either. Yeah. And I'm glad at least it played into, um, you know, as we saw in the previous episode when, you know, she was bleeding, like, the whole time, and it felt like it was such a big deal. 
but then it mm-hmm. turned out it was you know that was kind of a fake out as well but at least it showed that you know that's a reason why you're not just going to induce labor because there already been problems here uh so we got to let this go naturally Ooh, naturally he says uh, yeah. But well, well, first we do have. I mean, June tries to cash in on some of this goodwill uh, from the commander by going and saying, "Hey, I'm going to get transferred. Can it please be in my daughter's district?" And very similar to the scene where she asks anything of Serena ever. Uh, I mean, it was also relating to her daughter, but it's like, "Oh, uh, we're just going to go the other way." Yeah, like you are too presumptuous. I've been too lenient. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I've spoiled just like you. Waterford said to his own wife. Yeah, I've spoiled you, and he like the, the these fucking Waterfords, dude. You ask them one thing, and they geek out. Like they act like all they've done, all I do is give and give and give, and it's like you've done nothing for anyone. You're the most hateable people. Uh, yeah. So he takes like it's, and I guess it does play into what we've seen with these little bruises to his ego through in the earlier scene, and I mean, I I, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when we have the. It, it turns out it's a false labor, and now we're back to this June and Serena passive-aggressive thing where she's giving her this, like, little smirk on her face because, I don't know, we, we've been here so many times, and I, it's similar to, I mentioned in last week's episode, where we always end with June looking in the camera and finally getting a slither of hope for the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get why we get to this point, but it's not like... Even June's acting like she did it on purpose. And it's like, you didn't do it on purpose. And Serena, it'd be one thing if Serena is thinking June did it on purpose. But Serena is, I mean, June's like egging Serena on. I just didn't like that aspect because it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, she gets very little to uh, (laughs) egg anyone on or any very little power at all. Uh, But it does lead her, uh, Serena, to go like, I think Alfred was happy the baby didn't come. And, of course, Waterford is already upset about it. So, as you said, they come to the conclusion that they needed to do it the natural way. Are they talking about spicy teas? No, they're not. Um, And you would know that if you're watching this with subtitles because it will say sinister music playing uh, quite a lot in this episode. I mean, we even have that moment where, I mean, what she makes a comment about the spicy tea and, like, heartburn. And then Serena walks away. And then even Aunt Lydia's, like, shaking her head like, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) Don't do that. <laughs> uh, I yeah. mean, I get it. I mean, it, it does tie into what we've talked about with this show, that it is all about small victories, and this kind of gets to be a small victory and twisting the knife. Uh, and, I mean, it, it leads to, like, a terrible uh, or, like, revenge. Um, I just – usually I'm right there with June, and I'm like, hell, yeah, this is great. I just didn't – I wasn't there for this one. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, so at the start of the show, I type on a typewriter and I yell extra, extra. And I almost yelled extra, extra. This episode made me sad uh, oh, yeah. because this episode made me sad. And I realized well, that I mean, might as well be every, the subtitle yeah. of our podcast, Gilead Gazette. This episode made me sad. This episode made me sad. But this is really one of the roughest scenes in the series. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, I understand why they did it because it's like... Even though, even though we know everyone watching this show, I mean, you'd have to be a real weirdo to be like, "No, the ceremony's not bad. Like that's fine. Like we understand that that's rape." And even, I think they even showed it in the previously on when Emily says, "You know, uh, there's no justification for rape. We're being raped." Like she flat out says it. And then yeah. this, we see it in more of a traditional sense where it's not just the the handmaid is checked out and just you know lying emotionless trying to not be in the moment it's more what you would expect to happen where someone's struggling and fighting back and it's just yeah it's a it's an awful awful terrible scene but i mean obviously understandable what what they're going for here yeah uh, this episode was written by yalin chang who said in an interview with the hollywood reporter that i wanted to depict how brutal and terrible rape really is i wanted to give the sense uh i wanted to give the sense uh that for all the ceremonies in gilead that are happening every month like what do you think is happening what is really happening it is rape It is always horrible and terrible and in, in this interview she talks about uh how 
handmaids, how they've been shown in the show, usually disassociate and try not to be present in those moments, as we see in the first scene with Emily. Um, but that was sort of um, what they were going for, to show how awful it really is. And well, I did not... I'm sorry, keep going. No, Amy, go, could, well, go I was ahead. just going to say, I did read part of this as well. Uh, I think she does say something about the Waterfords being taken aback by what's happening. I didn't read that from the scene. I didn't think they were taken aback by it. Uh, oh, the the protests and the screaming and everything? Yeah. I didn't see that at all. Uh, yeah. But she does say that, uh, you know, this protesting and stuff, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, it really shocks them. It catches them by surprise because uh, they've done the ceremony a hundred times and that's not how it's supposed to go. The fact that she's actually a woman with agency over a body uh, and might have her own reaction, that does not compute. It doesn't make any sense in this context. And uh, I, I guess I'm with you. I didn't feel that in the scene. Um, yeah, no. I just f- I, in a weird I, way, I, I felt that, I mean, this was clearly a weird... Rev- I mean... This was like a weird revenge for Serena, and yeah. she knew, like, that's why she even like grabs her at the beginning, kind of like she grabs her hand, and because June's pleading even before anything happens, uh, and I don't know, I saw this like actually, it's kind of like a weird revenge for both of them because when June leaves that scene with the commander, she does go back and says, "You wouldn't know what it's like to like have your own child, and you still won't know." So she does kind of throw some shit in his face uh, before she leaves. So she's kind of like, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying this is what she deserves or anything like that, but she's kind of like wronged them both and stepped out of line for a handmaid. Yeah. Um, and uh, Offroad sort of, I mean, it was her voice at the beginning of the episode when we were with Emily talking about how I'm not here or, you know, we, we try to go to a different place. And she's trying to do that here. Um, and what was also said in this interview was that that's not really working here because it's been such a long time. She's pregnant. She's very in her body and can't escape. Um, and that, on the other hand, is definitely in this scene, I feel. Uh, Natasha, in the chat, there's an extra trigger warning this episode. caused a lot of people to be very upset given the parallel to current events. Now, I'm, I'm out of the... I, I don't... What, what current events? What am I missing? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess... Um, all the rape in the world. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I mean, I know that's clear. I just wasn't sure if there was like a specific thing that I'm missing. Yeah. Um, and Hanvi said the most heartbreaking part was the fact that Serena was the one she was actually begging to, which is true. That ship done sailed. Uh, we are not on board. It's hitting the iceberg and going down Serena and uh, June will never, ever be allies or friend. Oh, yeah. Friends. Okay, I mean, someone's saying me too. Okay, I mean, I always thought this show, in general, I guess, I guess, I just thought that in general uh, was a a, a tie-in. I, I guess I didn't see that as like a specific thing with this scene. Uh, yeah. Although one thing I will say is like, I understand what the writer's saying and how like, um, what is the quote though? What is the quote about which part? About the about the rape because. I don't know, in a weird way, not that I believe this, but I could almost see some people speaking out and being like, well, not all rape is that way. Like, just because I didn't react that way doesn't mean it wasn't a, quote, real rape. Maybe that's not the quote that they say. Uh, yeah, uh, well, I, I don't... I, I think it's the opposite. I mean, that they're trying to uh, make it plain for the people watching because it's, it is a visual medium. And mm-hmm. the way they have to... Like, the way they've shown it of just lying down and having to do it and everything... It's obvious that it is rape and that it is horrible. But at the same time, this is the worst scene I've seen in this show, probably, unless there's something I'm remembering wrong from season one. Um, so I, I still see the... Or, or you, you you meant that it's not totally clear what they were going for. or Well, no, no, think? I guess I'm just talking about uh, the quote is... And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this is my thoughts, it, but I just feel like maybe someone would argue this is that because the quote is, I want to give the sense for all the ceremonies in Gilead that happening every month. Like, what do you think is happening? What is really happening? It's rape and it's always horrible and terrible. Even though I understand why they have this scene and kind of what she's saying, I don't think we needed it necessarily like this to know that it's rape, I guess is all I was yeah. saying. Like th- just because someone's screaming in there um, fighting back, 
versus like disassociating. It doesn't make it like more of a real rape, I guess. And I, know, I guess that's probably not really what they're saying, but uh, I don't know. I could just see someone kind of dis- like arguing that. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. And in the chat, Natasha also clarified that uh, she was talking about Hannah oh. and current events of All right, that children makes being more separated sense. from their parents. Okay. That makes more sense. All right. Yeah, because I, I, I guess the all the other stuff as far as like, yeah, uh, misogyny and, and rape and stuff, I thought it was always clear kind of uh, what they're going at. But that does make more sense if you're talking about the uh, the, the Hannah stuff. This is, I mean, I, I, I'm just stating the obvious now on this scene, but it's like, we thought at least this was never going to happen again. Um, we thought we were in the clear as far as, hey, you're getting out of that house, which is, you know, bad because you're going to go away from your uh, recently born child, but at least you're going to be away from these freaking Waterfords. And that was the thing of like, hey, I'm pregnant, never going to have to yeah. go through this again. I think uh, someone says it in the show as well. Um and uh and and even though i know it's not the case uh but in a weird way it's like you're victimizing the child as well even though it's like i i I do understand it's normal for uh even if someone's pregnant that they would still have sex but it just feels like it's also not i guess raping the baby (laughs) i don't know uh well (laughs) not raping but you know i just mean it's just another way to victimize not just june but also her unborn baby Mm. Well, I think I think that's fine. I think you should yeah. all have sex when you're pregnant. Yeah, um, it's good. It's good for you. Um, so uh, let's, for the love of God, move on. Uh, well, I'm sorry I, I, I cut actually, you that, off because you felt, said you were well, stating the obvious, but I want you to state the obvious. Uh, I was just stating the obvious that uh, we we thought this would never happen again. Even like, even being in down in the deep pit hole of like, I'm uh, back to being a handmaid. Like, yes, you would go to a different house, so it would happen again. But at least not with this motherfucker mm-hmm. uh, and with Serena and all this shit. Like, it it, it would it wasn't gonna be a hunky dory, but that was like one of the perks of getting pregnant. Like, you don't have to do this fucking shit for nine months. And um, well, even yeah. in the scene when they're in the greenhouse and she says. Um, the best way to do it's the most natural. In my head as a joke, I thought, what, fucker? What, are you going to have sex with her? Or that's how you're going to do it? And I was like, ah, they, yeah. they're not going to do that. And then they did it. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it does feel like it is not good. It's also like, I get that you're annoyed, Waterfords, but it's literally going to be like a week. And it's fine, and your fucking weird bruised egos shouldn't be a part of this if you're so weirdly religious. You shouldn't take yeah. these tiny pieces of like, oh, yes, the natural way, and then go do the worst thing you can to a human being. Yeah. Uh, even if you think Gilead is, you know, uh, righteous and the, the, everything's fine, even with all of that, I, I, I guess it uh, relates to me not buying uh, this, as you mentioned, that they were so super shocked. Like, oh, why is she acting like this? Because she has run away. She has uh, emphasized her own agency all the time. So they, they shouldn't be surprised uh, by her reaction. And, and I think it's interesting because um, not that it would garner any sympathy at all. Like it wouldn't change the audience's thoughts on the character of like Serena, for example. But... I totally like. I don't think we see her again. Like, I don't think we see her again in this episode, and because I totally thought they would give in and even give us a small moment, like after she walks out of the room, where maybe she looks in the mirror and is kind of like realizing she's a terrible person. But they don't give us any of that. I mean, I like it. I like the choice. Uh, I'm glad they did it, but I kind of expected it. Yes, and the next scene is. Uh... Uh, it is is Eden and Isaac kissing in the moonlight, and uh, again, it's like Nick. After what we just saw, we're not gonna have any sympathy for you with your child bride right now, and we already discussed that, so yeah. I guess we can skip to the next bit. Well, because well, even uh, before that though, they just do a weird cut to Nick just sitting in his house, like he's got the he's got a Zippo. Oh and yeah, and I almost thought like, are they like, is he gonna somehow know what's going on? 
because he just kind of looks up and like looks at the window and then it kind of cuts away. Then we cut back to, yeah, we see uh, Eden and then he sees his, his child wife kissing a man and doesn't care and makes all the wrong choices. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And speaking of which, uh, we then get to the scene with Hannah. Uh, where they go to a weird place. And I think uh, someone in the chat mentioned that this thing that Waterford decides to give this to uh, give this to June is the only indication that he in some way was surprised by her reaction or what was going on. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I guess that makes sense. Like afterwards, maybe he was like, huh, I really am a piece of shit for just like one second. I still think he did this to make himself feel better in that case. I, I feel like, or, or just, you know, he's generally treating June like a weird pet anyway. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's obviously the worst, uh, as we see in this episode, but he does bring her uh, by a Nick to go see Hannah, which is, you know, what she was requesting. She was even saying before, I don't even have to see her or anything. Uh, but he does want her to see her for just 10 minutes. Yes, yes. Yeah, so they drive out to a remote mansion that no one lives in. It's just in the middle of nowhere, apparently. And yeah, echoing. I mean, it's, pro- it's, it, it's probably the mansion of a dead commander because they all died. Or yeah. not, not all of them. A lot of them died. And then echoing what Emily said earlier about her son, like she, uh, her not being his mom anymore, we kind of see flashes of that because, you know, June, obviously, uh, very happy and excited. So she immediately goes and holds Hannah. But as a kid, it, the way this all plays out makes complete sense. Uh, she kind of has, yeah. she pulls away and hides behind the Martha she's with, um, and then you know the way the way it's played out, it's uh, really well written because then we she does say like, "Don't you remember me?" And you know she does, and you know why didn't you try harder? And what a like, uh, like emotional gut punch for poor June because it makes sense. That's what a kid would think, and it's but it's also like that. I'm sure there's that thought in her head. Why didn't I try harder? Why didn't I get away sooner? Why couldn't I have saved uh, my kid and our family? Um, yeah. Really, really well done stuff. And her name is Agnes now. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course, I mean, I'm glad she doesn't fucking... She's not pretending in, in this scene anymore. She's not pretending to be a good handmaid or whatever. She never calls her Agnes of course not and it is so heartbreaking because we've wanted this reunion for such a long time but in children time uh you know a year or however long it's been it's been at least a year uh it's a long ass time to be away from the pe- the people who were the only people in your world who were your whole world uh and they're suddenly gone and then you're with some people who are your new parents everyone keeps telling you every day and uh, you only get beaten when you do bad stuff uh so that's fine and yeah, it's heartbreaking to see. I, I mean, it would have been worse if she didn't remember anything at all. That would be a real nightmare. If the first reaction was what held and what stuck, uh, that would be like, oh, cool. Uh, just never watching the rest of the show. Fuck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but believe- we do get at least the positive bits. And at the end, when she runs to her and calls her mommy, it's like, okay, cool. So my heart broke several times this episode. And uh, I believe uh, on the Jim and them Discord, Natasha posted something that laid the breakdown at about three years um, mm. as far as, uh, I, I, and I think there's even a title card from the show when it shows Luke in Canada where it said like three years later or something like that. So that's really? kind okay. of, I guess, the time frame we're looking at of how long she's been away. Um, and I guess you say in the chat, they had people from the UN who said this is almost word for word what children do and act like when they were reunited with parents. Uh, yeah, like, it makes complete sense because if you just think about it as a kid, you've got to adapt to your situation. Because, um, I mean, obviously as a child, you have even less control over what's going on. And yeah. at the end of the day, like, even if, like, her parents are commanders and I'm sure they're bad people, and even if they hit her when she's bad, I bet they still are loving to her. And so as a kid, you're just going to adapt to it. And it's like, okay, these are my parents. My parents love me. This is my life. I go to school. This is how the world is. It makes sense. It would it, it would switch faster for a kid uh, than yeah. obviously a grown adult. I, I uh, expected June to, at some point, whisper 
uh, maybe at the end when she was hugging her, to say, like, I'm going to come get you or something. But it also makes sense that she doesn't do that because she instead the thing she says is enjoy your life as much as possible. And I mean that I don't read that at all as her giving up. It's like I'm I'm doing I'm I'm trying to make no. things as good for you as possible until I can come and get you. If I said I'm going to come and get you, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do to survive. Yeah, it's it's more about the survival of Hannah and it, even going back to when June was in the home, like uh, the Econo wife and the truck driver guy, because remember we were like, how is this kid not going to tell everyone that <laughs> there's someone hiding in their house? It's kind of the same idea, because even if you tell them that, there's always the risk that, yeah, Hannah's either not going to act comfortably in her current life, or maybe she, like, you know, kids get mad or frustrated and be like, my mom's going to come save me one day. And it's like, what? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, I went and see I went to see her because, again, kids don't know. It's yeah. she's making the right choices here, even uh, as heartbreaking it might be for her. You have to tell her to just try to live her, you know, best life. Live your best life. Hashtag <laughs> hashtag Hannah. Yes. Uh, yes. And then it's up to her to go in and save her. And even like when she says, "Will I ever see you again?" And she says, "You know, I'm going to try." Uh, it, it's all great stuff for sure. Yeah, and. In the chat mentioned by Anvi, Elizabeth Moss's acting in this whole scene uh, alone should get her all the awards. Uh, I'm constantly amazed by how phenomenal she is. It does seem uh, like there's there's going to be more awards this season, right? Oh, I, I uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and this is more than this is like uh, more than the first time we've brought that up because there's been quite a few great moments where. There's a lot of great uh, performances on this show, but she's clearly like carrying the show on her back. Yeah. Speaking of great performances, you know what's not a great performance? Nick. Everything <laughs> Nick does, even like we were annoyed about him. I guess the, the latter half of this episode, there's like three things that are really bad. First off, with his wife, his child wife, and all of that we already discussed. Second off, I was so ready. I was completely ready for him to just shoot this other guardian in the head. Uh, I guess you don't... I guess you... I don't know if he would shoot the Martha. Maybe in the leg. But just... You have all your eggs in one basket. This is never going to happen again. <laughs> you have... You have June. You have June's unborn baby, who she has promised I'm not going to leave you here. You have uh, June's born baby, who's right there. Uh, and uh, you're there, Nick do something useful i really th and i i get it it's like oh we're so far from canada or whatever but i've also seen you do shit sometimes not you specifically nick but people in the show where you can get out of the united states and you're i guess it makes sense because there are guardians like driving up right afterwards yeah. even without the gunshots but still those guardians that's the third thing even if you don't shoot them in the head when you go out to those guardians and you're all like Hey, uh, you know, we locked it, locked her up for the winner, and they're like, "No, you didn't." And he's like, "Ugh!" Like, it, it, it tries to fight them, and immediately is overpowered. And I'm like, "How did you get this job? I, I watched you get I this job, and I still don't get it." I can't blame him for being overpowered by the two guards, though. But you do make a great point that it, it would have been a perfect opportunity to, uh, yeah, like capture Hannah's daughter or kidnap her back, and then like make a make a run for it. Uh, but at the end when I, I feel like he's doing what he can at the end when other guards show up and he tries to, I mean, he, he like flicks the gun away, almost fights it away, but gets sucker punched from behind by the other guy and then taken away. So we can end in a nice cliffhanger where June's just out in the middle of nowhere, uh, on the precipice of birth, by the way. Um, yeah. so it's leading up for a very interesting next episode. You say that, uh, there's nothing he can do. But he, he does have a gun, right? I mean, surely he has a gun. Well, what's he supposed to do? Like immediately pull out his two gu his gun and shoot two guys? Yes. <laughs> like I mean, from do you the remember window. that? Merely, like, let's say it has been three. I mean, I guess three years is still a long time. But three years ago, he was just in an unemployment uh, office, <laughs> just a regular <laughs> schlub. He's not an act. He's not ex-military or whatever. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm still guess... with you. Nick does make bad choices. I don't think the very end was one of them, though. Mm. 
Well, I I guess, but he's uh, he already should have shot a guard. He had the guardian uh, banged to rights. He could have shot the first one in the head, no true. problem. That's true. Then you figure out the rest, yeah. uh, and I guess you probably all would have died. But like, it's this episode. We just went through some shit just watching it, and uh, yeah. Anvi says, I thought if those guardians hadn't come, he'd definitely run away with June. And if he was going to do that, then he definitely should have. Yeah, he definitely should have taken Hannah. He should have killed that uh, other guard and um, yeah, shot the Martha in the in the foot <laughs> and made a yeah. run for it. Um, yeah. And then what uh, Natasha in the chat saying that uh, the theory is that maybe they're May Day or maybe it was a setup by Waterford. I mean, I, it was weird because. When the when the other guard that was with Hannah and her uh, Martha was like, we need to go now. It did feel like he knew something was happening. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, I guess it could go either way. It could either be just the ten minutes was up, but he seemed it just seemed weird, like something was about to happen. So I was like, we need to go now. And then even with um, when they're outside, and then Nick's like, we need to go because you could hear cars uh, pulling up. So it seemed like they're a lot closer than they were. Maybe they would have already saw that June was there, but I guess they didn't. Either uh, yeah. way, I mean, it's just a nice uh, way to set up a very good cliffhanger. Yeah, Natasha said that uh, they don't actually believe that they were with Mayday or that it was a setup, and I don't believe that either. I don't because... think I believe that either. Yeah, uh, because uh, him saying suddenly, like, we got to go. Jim, you've just got grown used to seeing really soft guards who are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just hang out, do whatever. No, this is what guards are like. We're going now, okay, now. And he even let Hannah run back and hug her again and everything. So I think it was more like the commander is going to be home soon, and yeah. they're going to wonder where their children Well, I mean, that's is. why, I mean, Isaac is such a good guard because he beat up uh, Janine. Like, he was doing yeah. what he's supposed to do. Yeah, it's because these young these young bucks, uh, Isaac, Eden, uh, they they're integrated into Gilead society. That's what they say. Normalization. Time moves fast. Well, I but mean, anyway. and, and I guess if anything, the clue, the clue about how um, Hannah is now Agnes, because I was even wondering. I was like, wait, Isaac and Eden? They just so happen these people have like biblical names. It's like, oh, okay, that's not their real names. <laughs> Okay, they must have gotten yeah. new names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a good point. That's probably true. Um, and uh, as you said, it's a good setup for a cliffhanger. Again, we end on Elizabeth Moss staring into the camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we always do. Yeah. Um, and it's another good moment of like, what the fuck's gonna happen now? Because it's felt a bit like some of the moments are like, okay, let's do this. But we're still here. We're still gonna have another scene here in the kitchen, and we're making soup. Uh, for three episodes yeah. and i mean stuff's been going on but this is clearly like a more of an external thing uh going on and we really don't have any idea because she was up for this in episode two she was undercover doing this and that now she's extremely pregnant and in the middle of nowhere with no connections and uh no car or anything and of course waterford probably knows where they went so if you want to escape you want to get out of there but you don't have a car you don't have a gun don't have nick not that that would help but, um, yeah, you're in a tight spot. Well, she's going to have to deliver her own baby, clearly. Yeah, but what does she gain from that? I, I guess she Just being a tough it. bitch? Like, we need to see how <laughs> tough she is. We know Emily's a bad bitch, so now we're going to see how tough June is. She's going to deliver her own baby in that empty house. That is probably completely true. I mean, <laughs> she will definitely deliver her own baby. We're not going to... Because we, we already had the fake, like... Oh, Serena's going to lie down. We're not going to have that after this, obviously. I don't know if she's going to get out of Gilead. It seems optimistic to say so, but we're clearly going to do something very different, probably with her delivering her own baby and feeling some sort of ownership connection maybe well, and before that they're ripped away. I think we only got, what, two episodes left, right? Um, well, you tell I me. I think there's uh, 12. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's 12 this year. Yeah. And... Uh, well, because he did make a. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Anvi did make a good point in the chat that I think he didn't try to kill the other Guardian and Martha because they had their radios on or walkie-talkies or whatever it was and would have been caught easily. That is true. They did do a lot of, like, Foley on, like, here's the fucking radio blasting and you're going to hear, uh, someone's going to hear everything and they were right outside. I was just very amped up in this moment of, like, fuck yeah, Nick's in a car with June, let's go. <laughs> and Hannah's here too? Fuck yeah, road trip. And yeah. it didn't happen. Um. Yeah, it looks like episode twelve on the fourth of July. Ooh, how fitting! 
Wow. How fitting. Cool. But that's supposed well, to be the finale. Okay. Well, we will be back uh, next Sunday to discuss the next episode. And uh, in case you didn't know, we also cover Westworld season two right now. And the finale is coming up right quick, real now, actually. Um, So uh, please check out Westworld Theories, our podcast on that. There's also showswhatyouknow.com. Oh, no, there's 13. I'm sorry. I'm talking over you. Uh, (laughs) That's fine. I I also had a feeling there there were, in fact, 13 episodes. Well, speak up, goddammit. Well, I didn't know. I just thought. I, I, I thought you were Googling it. I don't know. I was doing the plugs. What else are we plugging, Jim? Yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted the plugs. But yes, as you said, we're also discussing Westworld on Westworld Theories. We're also talking Sopranos on Cut to Black. And you can find all our other discussions, well, and including those, at showswhatyouknow.com. Um, I think we might have to get in on some Preacher soon. That's coming up. Uh, mm. We still haven't talked Cobra Kai uh that's yeah. great so and if, if there's a show you like uh drop us a line it shows what you know show at gmail.com yes and uh please leave a review on the gilead gazette feed on itunes we'd very much appreciate it write some words about what you'd like to hear in our discussion um but after that i think there's really only one more thing to say yeah what's that stop the presses <laughs>